Are you going to cut out all this silence? <laughs> no, we're just going to leave it. <laughs> I'm just going to let it go. I don't have anything else to offer on fly. This is great. It is like my father-in-law's. Like whenever a kid comes out of Little Rock area and they don't pan out, it like breaks his heart. He's like, man, I really thought that kid was going to be something special. <laughs> every really time, did. Every, every kid time. that comes out. And I'm like, you do realize like y'all produce the majority of like the athletes. That bummed about, it seems like people were bummed about K.K. Robinson not getting, well, now he's hurt now. But he wouldn't get any playing time at the beginning. Is he North Little Rock or Little Rock Park for you? Uh, you know what? We haven't branched that conversation. <laughs> I'm on it. Get on this. Next week, you're going to find out. He's tuned back in. You're going to find out he's like from Shreveport or something. He's not from and the worst part about this is this is much better than all local sports talk radio. <laughs> yeah, what this we is just did in the last five minutes yeah, is they better. They just spent some time trying to figure out who, where K.K. Robinson is from. The Mr. Market Podcast is a production of Sphere Wealth Management. Sphere is a registered investment advisor. Advisory services are only offered to clients or prospective clients where Sphere and its representatives are properly licensed or exempt from licensure. Investing involves risk and possible loss of principal. No advice may be rendered by Sphere unless a client service agreement is in place. See our ADV or get additional information about Sphere. Visit our website, www.sphereWealth.com. Firm information is also available on the SEC's website, www.advisorinfo.sec.gov. Before investing, seek advice from a financial professional, preferably one that acts as a fiduciary and is willing to put that in writing. You can follow us on Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, or sign up for our email commentary through our website, SphereWealth.com. This is the Mr. Market Podcast. We hope you enjoy the show. The idea behind today's show, this episode, is understanding how people in the community or people that aren't in the finance industry are going to respond to certain questions that I ask. And the first one, and I think the one that most people care about right now, the one that is the hottest topic in any financial conversation is Bitcoin. I want to know, what do you know about Bitcoin? If I was to say, explain Bitcoin to me, what would you say? Digital currency. Any, anything else? Crypto. Nope. Cryptocurrency. Crypto. <laughs> So, but you know about it. Like it's a hot, it's a hot topic. Yes, uh, I mean I'm familiar with it. I don't know how it works. Um, I know that if you invested in it a long time ago with actual money, you have a lot of digital money now. And have we you, think that would make you to have that, real money. Is that real money? Let's ask the CFO. Do you guys accept Bitcoin? <laughs> we do not accept fake money. <laughs> yeah, there you go. So, what about a Kimball? Can I buy anything? No, you cannot pay with digital currency or cryptocurrency. So I don't know a ton about Bitcoin, but I feel like I have a couple of strong opinions about it. But I'm going to get out of here because you uh, put a mic get, in front of me. Let's get them out there. <clears throat> I have a couple of concerns around Bitcoin. All right. One is the inability of anybody to succinctly explain it to me. Okay. I remember, not that there's a pastor here, but I remember an old pastor telling me at one point about theological issues. If you can't explain it on a napkin, you don't really understand it. I haven't found anybody that can explain Bitcoin to me on a napkin in any sense. So I don't think enough people really understand it to be pushing as hard as they are. Well, there's a multi-level marketing scheme out there now. And that's, my, that's the second part. There seems to be, I don't want to be overly broad here, folks attaching to it with a level of desperation that generally isn't healthy in the investment community. They're treating it as if it's a lottery ticket that nobody's found out about yet, which concerns me a little bit. That's a great, that's a great description. Not one I've used before. No, you can keep it. I usually... Uh, I usually stick with the fundamental components of banking and just traditional banking practices that have prevailed for centuries. But yeah, you can't explain it. And then I've also gotten, I assume because I read a couple articles on it, I'm getting more articles suggested to me via social media. There seems to be a difficulty with actually getting money out if you want to cash out and actually have actual currency. And then there's all these guys that forgot their password and can't access their Bitcoin. <laughs> is that, Which like, why is, is it this not the, in your keychain? Well, yeah, why is this the only thing that you can't like put your email address and social security number in and get a password back sent to your Gmail account? The fact that you just can't access it if you write down the wrong password is concerning to me. But again, That's, I don't really understand the product. I did read that <laughs> there was a two-day Bitcoin 
um, sell-off that wipes out $100 billion um, from the entire crypto market. In the last, uh, basically over the last week, $100 billion of value has been wiped out. If you had $100 of Bitcoin, you now have $75 of Bitcoin, 25% meltdown. Well, that's not really a meltdown, but pretty close to it. Yeah, that's gonna You're the financial expert. Can you can explain you, it? Can you can can just just on a napkin? I've got yeah. a napkin. Can you right explain here. it on a napkin quickly? Can I explain, explain Bitcoin for, on a napkin? Yes. Should it be part of my portfolio? Uh, I use portfolio pretty loosely. <laughs> <laughs> I cannot explain it on a napkin. I can't explain it, period. The only thing that I can explain is there was a Dutch tulip bubble in the 1600s that essentially people thought tulips, tulip bulbs, would be the new currency. And so people ran the value of tulip bulbs up into the stratospheres. They would buy houses, mansions with a couple of tulip bulbs. And that feels a lot like Bitcoin. Now, if it's not that, it's probably the greatest innovation of this millennium. I don't think anything will surpass this. This would be on the level with toilet paper and Beanie the babies. wheel. Beanie Babies specifically. So might I just simply say that your explanation as the financial expert in here went to tulip bulbs, <laughs> and that was the explanation. I think I could do better than that. <laughs> Go so, for it. Go for it. Let's hear it then. So, but isn't there, I like, there's actual, there's actual commerce taking place with Bitcoin. Like, there are places yeah. you can buy and sell with it. But isn't, I would assume, and I'm making a big guess here, somebody that you're buying X from with Bitcoin, that person just turned around and buying something else with Bitcoin? Is this like you've heard the joke that millennials are passing around the same 20 bucks on Venmo over and over and over again? Yeah. Because none of them ever cash it out? Is that what's happening? There's just some Bitcoin I, out there, and the people that use it are just trading it back and forth? Feels that way. That's a great explanation for what's happening. But it instead, like of, but instead of 20, but so instead of 20 bucks... <laughs> But instead of twenty bucks, whenever I send my next Venmo to the to the next person, they have to pay me twenty one dollars for the twenty one for the twenty bucks I got from somebody else. I for, I make them give me twenty one dollars, so I get twenty from someone. I request I request twenty two from the next person. Or and that's where the multi level marketing scheme comes yeah, in. Yeah, that's why if I get enough people to send me money, that's actually yes. Okay. Yeah, no, I, I don't understand the multi level marketing third part. Point. Of it. Three points for you now. Throwing them all in there. You were on fire. On he did a lot of research before this. <laughs> We did a lot of research. All right, airlines. I got to know, are you guys going to travel? Do you have travel plans? Are you getting on an airplane? Do you feel safe getting on an airplane? I'm getting on an airplane in eight days. An American airplane. American Airlines airplane. Boeing 737 Max. I hope it's not a Max. <laughs> I haven't checked yet. I probably should. I'm getting on one in two months. So I've traveled a couple times during COVID. Honestly, didn't feel unsafe on the plane. Mm -hmm. For the most part, people were pretty confined. I mean, they're sitting in their seat. They've got their mask on. Um, I was sitting next to somebody I knew, so I wasn't that worried about that. The most difficult part for me was the airport. And so you don't think about the length of time you're in an airport until you have to have a mask on the entire time. Mm -hmm. And then just the sheer sea of humanity that's in there, at least on the, I mean, on the airplane, you're confined to X amount of people. There's no telling how many people you're in act with at the airport. So that was the only time I felt a little bit unsafe or unsure. Yeah. Um, but no plans as of right now to travel. But came in hard on that. No plans. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> you told me to get mean. Um, <laughs> but no plans at the moment to travel. But that isn't. That's just my wife's a teacher. Yeah. And so we don't really go anywhere during the school year. But we will before the year's over. We'll travel. What do you think? Like from your family, friends. What's the sentiment? Ready to get back out and travel? Is it pent up demand? Is there a lot of reason that I want to get out of here? I want to go somewhere new. I want to go anywhere but here. 
Or is it the opposite? I've kind of gotten used to being here. I've kind of gotten used to not traveling as much. I've kind of gotten used to Zoom meetings or whatever. But what, what's the sentiment among family and friends? I think pent up travel will definitely happen um, at some point. We, I mean, that's my, that's a regular conversation that we're having in my family is when are we going to go? Where are we going to go? And your family does the big family trip. Is that an annual thing? Uh, no, every every few years. Okay. So there's enough pictures involved that I just feel like it's it's all the time. There's just a lot of us, and yeah. so you're seeing the same picture over and over, just over and just over, over and over, just shared by one of the 37 people. Man, they just go. went to Disneyland. <laughs> it was like three years ago. Yeah. I do think that I think the answer to that question depends on the generation. I think like people in in their 30s, like all of us are, are pent up. But my parents don't seem. They seem very content with this. Wow, CFO, uh, CFO in his 30s. That's impressive. I know. Yeah. Really climbed the ladder quickly. Well, and there also seems to be, and I'm sure it's a natural consequence of this spike in numbers coming out of the holidays, but there's a, like my parents who are in their, their 65 and 66, folks their age and a little bit older, like there's another, it seems like another level of fear has settled in where they're like, I'm not going anywhere until I get the vaccine. Yeah. And my focus is get the vaccine. Um, so I wonder if once they have the vaccine, if there will be a little bit of a, okay. Yeah. Now I feel comfortable traveling, um, but I don't know. I think there's also so much, it feels like there's still uncertainty around, or uh, not so much uncertainty as a lack of trust because of the lack of data about how well the vaccine's going to work. Yeah, yeah. And so I think that's impacting a little bit. But it does feel like in an older generation, there's a little bit of a hunker down mentality. I think folks our age that have kids, my guess when you start getting close to spring break and you're on month seven or whatever of school and get close to summer. You I got to go somewhere. I think people are going to bite the bullet and go somewhere. Yeah. You're going to, now you can go somewhere not and drive though, which would be good for, yeah, not, which would be I'm good for the energy I'm not driving to the beach with my kids anymore. No, done with that? <laughs> we did, did we that did one that. there at three and five and I made a loud declaration that it would never <laughs> happen again. Somebody's welcome to drive to the beach with them. I will just fly and meet them there. <laughs> if anybody's willing to... I'll pay you to do it. I'm just not doing it myself. Take a director of a regional. <laughs> mechanical regional mechanical I would love for, I would love for you to do that in practice. Like yeah. if you pay somebody to actually do what you just said. Somebody yeah. drives your kids down there. I bet you could get a college fly. kid. Yeah, I bet you, you could, could get a college kid to do it. That'd be awesome. You want your kids riding with a college kid? I think if you get the right one, you're fine. Yeah, there's some good ones yeah, out there. Fine. You give them a place to stay Handful. at. The, give them a give them a room to stay at the yeah. beach. Yeah, all they got to do is drive there and back. Yeah, surprise, it's not a business model yet. Yeah, United's been crushed. So United Airlines is still off about 50% off their we highs. Might, we might say a meltdown. Is that a meltdown? <laughs> that one's a meltdown, yeah. Okay. Is it because, That's John, a meltdown. is it just because of the, the relatively high level of fixed costs associated with operating an airline? Yeah. And that's just it. Even if they, I mean, even if they shrink down available routes, number of flights, they just can't get enough capacity to make it work? Yeah, and you know this. It's, uh, it, I probably don't, but go on. Well... <laughs> When you have something with that much fixed cost associated, you really don't make a lot of money until you get beyond the margin. So you have a, a, a metric there called at the margin. Once you get beyond that, now it's basically all pocket money, right? Like, let's say it costs $50,000 to fly here to Tokyo, $50,000. You, you, you jump on a flight, $50,000 to get there. They're going to consume the same amount of fuel. They really don't make money until they fill up, you know, the last 20% of the seats on the plane. That's when they really make money. And that's how airlines operate. So you're absolutely right. So much fixed cost, it's going to be, even if you have a 20% reduction in travel, the airlines are still not going to be able to make money unless they figure out ways to reduce cost of flying the plane from one place to the next. That a lot of that could be gate fees. Uh, energy costs have come down. Obviously, oil has come down significantly. So we'll see what happens with that now that we've 
shut off the Keystone XL pipeline and fracking. Maybe that'll give it a little spike up, but that, not, that might not be a bad thing. Well, and then I wonder That's another how, point for you. That's yeah. point number four. Yeah. And then I wonder how much, like, how much is just not flying. How much, so let's say they had three runs going from X and A to Chicago a day, mm-hmm. and now it's down to two. How much savings they actually realize by not having the one. Obviously, there's fuel costs, there's the flight attendants and the flight, but I'm assuming they're financing the airplanes. They're still paying for the right. air, they're still paying for the airline for the airplane, and when you take out the revenue they're getting, I wonder how much savings is actually realized for them. So what you're seeing right now is airlines have come back. There's about a 50 percent increase in stock price of airlines. So United Airlines made it down right around 30 bucks, back up to about 45 bucks right now off of its 90 dollar uh, high back in January. Well, once the vaccine happens, investors are saying, well, I'll speculate that airlines will pick back up. But airlines don't need to pick back up. Just they, like 80% isn't enough. They've got to get back to 100% of what they were doing before. Well, and you touched on mm-hmm. like leisure travel, but particularly out of, and this is a regional bias, but particularly if you're going out of XNA, I would guess 70% of the travel out of XNA is business travel. Sure. And I don't know, like, so you're in the CPG world. How much travel is your company doing? Are they doing any right now? Are they doing 10%, 25% of what they used to? Yeah, until, none right now. Until that comes back, I don't know that any amount of us going to Disneyland is really going to get, to your point, back to the margin point. Because I think business travel, and not only that, like Will, right. the four of us around the table, we might shop for a ticket for a couple hours to find, hey, should we fly out of Tulsa? Should we fly mm-hmm. to XNA? Should we go at 6 a.m.? Should we go at... 10 a.m., right. most business folks are like, hey, I've got a meeting at 10, so I've got to take the 7 a.m. flight. If it's $500 instead of $300, they don't care. Right, right. Whereas for us, we'd take an inconvenient flight. And so until the business travel comes back, I, I don't I, No, I that's, don't. That's, so that's a great point. Yeah. I've flown twice since co- in COVID and did that, our ex to Dallas, and it was packed. One of the times we ended in, this is random, Cincinnati, uh-huh. it was a ghost town. Like, beautiful yeah. beautiful Cincinnati <laughs> yeah, right on the river there yeah Cincinnati in October is really where you want to be yeah. um, right when it's starting to get frigid cold but there is like there was I mean the, sh- the restaurants were shut down the bookstores were shut down nothing was open um, and so I think some of that there's a false sense of like how many people are actually traveling yeah because it's been consolidated so if you're going through Chicago or DFW or something like that I think it feels busy but that's because they're sending everybody there going through yeah. there yeah, yeah. yeah. Should we invest in airlines right now? Is that a smart investment? See, what I'm saying is airlines are the place where they as companies would have to get back to those levels for that to be a, an appropriate investment. So some stuff that we traded down for no reason, like you know toothpaste, for instance, we trade Procter & Gamble down. We're going to keep using toothpaste. We illogically traded Procter & Gamble down because we shut, the, we shut the world down. We shut the economy down and we thought, oh, people stopped brushing their teeth. For some reason, only toilet paper became valuable at the beginning of COVID. I don't know if you guys remember when only toilet paper was valuable, but it was basically like Bitcoin. You, you, Bitcoin and toilet paper were acted as currency. So to your question, they are probably a little lower than they should be, but at the same time, I don't know that they're going to be able to get back to those levels because of what the director at a regional mechanical contracting company is saying. It sounds like you're introducing somebody that works at Dunder Mifflin. The assistant to the, the assistant, director. The assistant regional That's manager. probably actually more accurate. <laughs> assistant to the director of a regional mechanical contractor. That's probably more accurate to describe what I do. So, um, but no, I, I w- I'm avoiding airlines right now for that reason. But energy companies. 
So if we do get start, if we start love moving, love energy around, drinks. Red Bull. <laughs> love Red Bull. Go Red Bull. <laughs> yeah. Monster I'm all, though. I'm all in on Red Bull. You know, I found out there's one called Bang. Oh yeah. What, what is a Bang? It's an energy drink. It's just a big can of. Of sugar and caffeine. <laughs> caffeine and meth. Doesn't have, <laughs> doesn't have taurine in it, though. It's just a big What's can tor- of caffeine What's and meth. What's taurine? <laughs> Taurine's in Red Bull, man. It helps you focus. It gives you energy. It gives it that weird glow color. <laughs> yeah. Although, I make fun of it, man. I What's love, it I called? Love, I love a sugar-free Red Bull. It's color. called it's bang. It's called <laughs> bang. What's that one with meth? Oh, bang, man. It's great. Uh, no, so, to, so to energy. We see that if we don't travel, so if we don't fly, we, we want to go somewhere, but we're not going to fly. Um, I take my Salesforce out of major hubs that can fly to different locations. I got to like more, you know, regionalize the Salesforce. Either way, that would be good for energy companies because we're going to consume more gasoline, right? So it, I don't know that we're going to drive more just because we don't fly more or vice versa, but I do see the value in some of these energy companies because no matter what, we're probably going to get back to consuming energy. I do think the energy companies have been traded down, but executive order on day one, we shut down the Keystone XL pipeline. So I'm going to ask you, what do you know about the Keystone XL pipeline? You going around or? <laughs> yeah, it's you. <laughs> Would you like to start somewhere else? I even yeah, pointed. I, I think oh, maybe you I, could see it. It's, it's the, it was a, pi- a pipeline to move oil from, I think, Alaska. Is that right? I believe Alberta. Canada, yeah. Canada, from, right? Yeah, it's Canada, Alberta, Canada. down yeah. through. It's, you went north. To connect. I went too far north. Yeah. No, down you went through too far the, west. <laughs> too far west. Down through like the middle of the country. And it was connecting with all the like kind of the central and east coast uh, oil pipelines to, as to my knowledge. And then it, I know it was under, it was under controversy for, it's been under controversy like a decade now. Something like that. Yeah. It feels like. Yeah, no. So. Yeah. Weren't there caribou that were like really thriving because were of caribou, the pipeline? That were thriving because of the pipeline? Yeah, because it like provided warmth and nutrition around. And so this, like, this I've not heard. I, I didn't know go, that. Go I didn't on. know about this. I'm sorry. I care. Did you just did you just take the we got uh, a caribou reference here? Yeah. I care I care significantly more about the wildlife than I do about absolute or than like shutting down oil. That's definitely not true. Yeah, yeah, yeah I love oil. You love oil. I like to sprinkle a little bit in my Red Bull every morning. <laughs> that's ba- now that's bang. <laughs> Wait, what do you, what Caffeine, you got? meth, and oil. Yeah. I have a general idea of the path the pipeline's supposed to take. It's meant to carry not just crude oil, though. Like, is it tar sand? Uh-huh. Is that what it is? Yeah. Tar sand down, and there's some significant, whether you choose to believe them or not, some significant environmental concerns from at least half the country um, yeah. about leaks, all that sort of stuff. And I think, unless I'm confusing two things, there were some issues with some of the land it went through. Um, some Native American land Native as well. Yeah, yeah. now that's, that, that that's a slightly different pipeline. So that's the Dakota pipeline. Why don't we back that out? Oh, it's okay. <laughs> uh, take a point away. Yeah. Take a point away from him on that. Yeah, he was, he, was, uh, <laughs> he was up six to two, but uh, back down to five. I, I, I had some general yeah. pipeline knowledge rattling yeah. around my head, and I yeah. just threw it all out there. <laughs> I laid it all out. I got the tar sand thing right. Yeah. Come on. I, 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 he, he nets even, because that's impressive. He got that, yeah. that one point on that one. Um, we do know, both sides agree, the pipeline will leak. So you're going to have some leaking because of what's going through it, this kind of like really muddy, grimy, sandy tar. It'll basically wear down the pipes and then eventually leak. Also, everyone is in agreement that it is not healthier to refine or to burn. So a 5 to 17% more pollutant. Now, they differ on how many more pollutants are involved, but they don't differ on there's, it's worse for the environment. Everybody's in agreement on that. Also, the Keystone Pipeline currently exists. So we're not building the Keystone Pipeline. It exists. It goes straight across Canada, all the way uh, just basically north of... So if you take Houston and go straight north from Houston, you go through Cushing, Oklahoma, 
and you basically go right up uh, just west of Omaha, straight up to the Dakotas. Okay, That's where it goes now. They want to take it and reroute it so they can get more oil to the Houston refineries faster. So it skips a lot of the, the little L, the kind of upside down L that it makes in Canada. That's what it is. And the Keystone XL pipeline is the one that hasn't been built. That's the one in controversy. But the Keystone pipeline has been a, a massive, you know, massive contention, both in Congress and society, you know, from a societal standpoint. So what's the point? Like, why would I want the Keystone pipeline? What that particular type of tar sand or whatever they're bringing through there is refined to be used as. Mm-hmm. And so I would imagine most of the concern is related to the price associated with X. And so if it's refined into gasoline or if it's refined into heating or if it's mm-hmm. refined into jet fuel or if it's refined into, you know, something from oil is used for resin for everything from PVC to every other plastic you can think of. Right. Every time the hurricane comes through the Gulf and shuts down refineries, PVC prices jump 40%, 50%. It's harder to get everything from plastic furniture to Rubbermaid containers. Yeah. And so there's a, I, I imagine there's an economic impact in whatever the tar sand is and whatever it's used for. And again, this is an astonishing lack of information on my part. <laughs> the longer it takes to get there, the more You know more about PVC pipes than anybody here, though. I know tons about PVC. <laughs> um, the longer it's going to take to get here, I imagine the cost goes up. So I imagine it's, it's purely just an economic issue. So. And the flip side seems to be the, the, a general desire to get off of like fossil fuels in general. That seems to be the opposite side of the issue. It's sure. just this need to stop burning fossil fuels in general. That's why I use whale oil. Yeah. <laughs> I still use, I used to use you go sperm harpoon, whale oil. You go harpoon whales instead. Yeah. We sail out of Nantucket with Ahab. Yeah, I don't think they would like that either. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it's, fr- it's frowned upon. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> That's a very musky odor when you burn it in the house. But I got some oil lamps. That's what we use. <laughs> Obviously, the economic impact of adding anything, you know, that big of scale is tremendous. So I think we were in the neighborhood of 11,000, 12,000 jobs lost so far due to the shutdown of the Keystone XL pipeline, it would lead us to the place of more energy independence. Although they're starting to find that a lot of that energy is actually sold, a lot of that oil after being refined is actually sold elsewhere. I'd be curious to see the long-term job impact. So you said you threw out 12,000 mm-hmm. folks that have lost their jobs related to the Keystone pipeline construction ceasing. Right. So I would imagine, and this is a guess kind of comes from my industry, a lot of the folks that would be working on that are probably welders, pipe fitters, mm-hmm. any sort of guys coming from skilled trades. And as a general rule, the oil fields pay better than right. a lot of other stuff around here. And so it turns it's, out they're more remote. You got to travel, yeah. you got to, they got to send but people there. It's so. pretty common for people to jump to those jobs where they may be getting 50, 60, $75 an hour. That being said, because of, I know the lack of <clears throat> folks working in the skilled trade industry now and the dire need, I would imagine a lot of those folks, and I don't know this, this is just anecdotal, the, a lot of those folks that have some experience, again, as pipe fitters, welders, stuff like that, are going to pretty quickly be able to find jobs back in some some area around the construction and manufacturing industry because of the need yeah. in those areas right now. I and mean, that, they, that's, they, that's not making me pro shut down the pipeline. I just, right. I, I think that, I think it's a true number of the people that lost jobs after the executive order was, right. but I know there's a dire need for people in the skilled trades industry right now. So I think a lot of those people will be able to find work. At least right. that's my hope. So they they lost their job, but it doesn't necessarily mean that they're standing in an unemployment line. Anybody that's in, <clears throat> so I'll take our world, skilled trades industry, like anybody that's in that industry and is in any sense growing is always hiring. Yeah. There'll be opportunity. I think there'll be opportunity for them to come back. Now, some of that's regional. 
it's sure. where they're willing to travel to. Right. Are they willing to move to Arkansas or Colorado or do they want to stay in wherever they're at? Yeah. No, that's interesting. And I think when asked, Buttigieg, Buttigieg, I think it's Pete Buttigieg. That's one of those words that I read and, and there's I, a way I say it to myself, but I've purposely I never... Yeah. Buttigieg. I've Buttigieg. Pur- I've purposely, Buttigieg. Yeah, I've purposely yeah. never said it out loud. I don't I think don't, you're allowed to say that. I don't think... <laughs> <laughs> that was like uh, when, uh, when... I don't know if you guys remember this, when John Boehner was in Congress. I think he was the Speaker of the House. And I was like... Boehner's an odd pronoun. Like that's a weird way to pronounce that. There's Phonetically, a that doesn't make a lot of sense. Producer for sixty minutes, and every time one of his stories runs, his it says produced by Richard, and the last name is B O N I N. Richard is his first name. Well, it's an unfortunate name. Bonin. 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 Oh, it's French. Oh it's yeah. Got, where's, got, where's the accent? It's, yeah. <laughs> but I think he goes by Dick. I think it's Dick Bonin. <laughs> You're definitely gonna have to cut that. Yeah. Out. Uh, not probably Rich, that Richard's his first name. Grow up. <laughs> Just grow up. <laughs> no, it's, it, it, it's interesting because these are, these are divisive issues, right? These are things that both sides have some beef with the other side and it becomes overly politicized. And these are just people's lives, people's jobs, mm-hmm. like we're talking about. So I'm always interested to know, what do you know about it? What do you hear about it? What, like, what is, what is the sentiment around it? And it's fascinating. You guys probably know more about this than most people. I know you still watch the news. I do. Mr. CFO. I haven't watched the news in forever. I get my news no. like everybody else from Twitter. Oh, I'm not on Twitter either. I just get an email every day from like the New York Times that gives me what's going on. I need Lester Holt, man. Lester Holt, 20 minutes. That's all you need. Yeah, I can't. I can't. He's going to give it to you straight. <laughs> a straight shooter. <laughs> He's a, that's a real straight shooter. I've seen a lot of nuanced opinions about it on Facebook. And so that's where I've. I form most of my info from. <laughs> there's always subtle nuance. Oh, there's a lot yeah. of people in the middle of the road on the Keystone Pipeline on Facebook right now. <laughs> there's a lot of middle of the road people on Facebook yeah, a lot, right a lot, now. A lot of both sides. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. A lot of understanding going on. Taking Facebook off my phone was the best thing I've done in the last oh, yeah. year. Yeah. I was having imaginary fights with people I went to high school with that I haven't seen in 15 years. <laughs> I do that too. Do I, I do the exact I, same thing. wasting your life away. What do I care what that guy thinks? I haven't seen him in 14 years. <laughs> Good for him. All right. I'm going to ask you guys about three millionaires and what they refuse to spend money on. I'm going to see if you can guess what they refuse to spend money on. So these are people that are extremely wealthy, most of them very popular. If you had to guess, what does Jay Leno not spend money on? No idea. No clue? Starbucks. Like entertainment or just, just, just Starbucks? Like a, well, just like a cup of coffee, like buying, buying a cup of coffee. Yeah. I just switched to that, and it does save a lot of money. I need, to, I need to get on that. But the thing is, when you're running around, you justify it, right? If I'm scrambling around to get to do work, and you think about like your hourly rate, it's justified to not have to stop and make the coffee. But anyway, Jay Leno does not spend money on clothes. That would have been a decent guess. Yeah, Jay Leno and the CFO of a local small business. <laughs> oh, sweat, sweatpants over here. Yeah, Mr. Sweatpants. <laughs> Got, got real fancy for I'm your podcast. Yeah, <laughs> I, I see that. I see you're comfortable over there. Barbara Corcoran's a star on Shark Tank. You guys uh, seen Shark Tank? I love yes. Shark Tank. Yeah, go Mark Cuban. Woo. Yeah, Mavs. He had to get it in there. Luca. He, <laughs> Luca. He's been trying to talk about Luca the whole time. <laughs> she made her fortune real estate. She did. She did. She doesn't seem like she spends any money on any entertainment ever. You know why I know that? Because she's on the commercial for. Uh, yeah, well, I'm gonna yeah. give a free shout out to Tara Lindbergh 
real estate associates oh, who right. I don't know. I've never worked with, <laughs> but Barbara Corcoran's on their commercial. Barbara Corcoran's on their commercial? Yeah. She, I think wild. she was one of their, I th- did they go through Shark Tank? I don't know. I am really butchering the a story. A real estate company you're gonna to go through Shark Tank? You're going to want to fact check that and then go back. She's got, she's got Ruskin yeah. advertise it for her as well. Oh, yeah. Who's Ruskin? From the, from the fantastic <laughs> Ruskin and Zach. Radio oh, show. Whoa, whoa, the, the radio show for smart people. Isn't that their tag? It is. You are real bad. You are really firing bullets over here. <laughs> it's just so bad. <laughs> what else is going on with local sports talk radio yeah. that you guys are? Yeah. You guys want to, get, you want to share some out. stuff? Let's just get we spend a lot of time driving between job sites. Mm. Something's got to be on. Yeah, Barbara Corcoran won't pay for first class flights. Question is, oh, hold a, on. That's it, she's not paying for heard. first class flights because she's getting upgraded because she's. Says she. Uh, or she owns her own jet. Yeah. She, no. yeah, she sticks she, to the economy. I refuse class. to pay for first class, but I do have my own jet. <laughs> yeah, she, I bet she's getting upgraded on most flights. This is her quote. Are you ready? I'll never spend money on a business class or a first class ticket. Forget about it. I'm always in coach. I just couldn't fathom justifying that. So I don't know, man. I'm calling. I, I I'm, ca- I I'm calling BS. Yeah, on. yeah I'm saying it. she has a jet named Coach. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think she's just like a Delta Platinum member, and she gets upgraded she gets to first it. class. Yeah, you know, I I don't know how many miles I flew on United in the last two years, but it's a lot. I never got upgraded, not one time. So it's one a, time it's I got You've got to do it over like. So my dad for work traveled a couple days a week for probably twenty years. Yeah, and towards the end, you get you accumulate enough. And then every time he flew, he got upgraded. And sometimes when I flew with him, I'd get upgraded too. It's hard to go. It's hard to go back. Is, yeah, I said first class one time. You get one. T- you, you, get one you get one. You get one. You get one taste of it up there. You had the money. You gonna spend it on first class tickets? Yes. Oh yeah. Absolutely. So I would if I had the money. Let's say I won the Mega Millions. Mm. All of a sudden, I've got, you know, whatever it is after taxes. We'll call it six hundred million. Yeah. Anytime I'm flying more than, further than DFW, I'm, I'm upgrading. Yeah. Definitely over, get, definitely overseas. You just get a jet at that point. Yeah. yeah. Like a timeshare jet. You just net jets? Yeah. That's that's the way to you go. You guys want to get one? You're a my, CFO. My uncle's got that. <laughs> your, your uncle's book, got a net jet membership? Bookkeeper. No, he's not that one, but he's got a jet. Okay. And every time he flies, he gets on that and jet. And you're dressed like Fantastic. that. Fantastic. Okay. <laughs> I stay in his good graces. Let's yeah. put it that way. <laughs> yeah. I don't know that I would. See, I'm, 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 I don't know. I don't really care that much about it. I'm gonna sit there and do a Sudoku anyway. I, I don't care really about care. Not, I care about not sitting in a middle seat for an extended period of time. Yeah. yeah. Now I tell you, especially w- especially mid pandemic. You know who doesn't look scared on the plane right now? The guy up in first class <laughs> with nobody within ten feet of him. That's true. The guy sitting middle row. <laughs> I did. from L.A. To Plus, there's nothing Florida, like that. He a- looks nervous. There's nothing like the 8 a.m. Scotch. Like the- where they're just like, "What do you want to drink?" And you're like, "What kind of bourbon do you have?" <laughs> <laughs> That's true. I've never I've never had that experience in the back of the plane where I'm normally at. But uh, I did fly to uh, flew to Ghana. I went to Ghana last year, and uh, or in 2019 on the way back. It's a strange flex, but all right. Yeah, that's a long flight. Point being, it's a, it's a very long flight. Where's the connection to get to Ghana? London. Okay. So it, it was Houston to London to Accra, and then same same coming back, and and I got I uh, the flight got canceled. One of the flights got canceled, and so we lost. I like paid for the aisle seat or the escape seat. What's that called? Exit row. The exit row seats. I paid for that because it's a, you're going to sleep. It's middle of the night. You're going to sleep. And uh, our flight got canceled. So I lost those seats and I got the very back seat that doesn't recline in the plane for like a 24 hour flight or something. It was maybe like 12 hours, 24 hours total, 12 to London and 12 to Houston. It was 
the worst experience of my life. And it smells like turds back there. <laughs> it really does. I was right by the bathroom. The bathroom door would shut and it would shake your chair every time. And people, I love that you people, titled that a weird flex. <laughs> or, that's a strange flex. He sat in the toilet seat <laughs> well, that, that 24 yeah. hours. He didn't know that was coming. I didn't know that. Yeah. It was more about the, hey, my 24-hour flight that I paid extra for. So I'm going to ask you a few questions. Okay, These are just basic personal finance questions. And really, the question is going to be, have you ever had these conversations? How much is in your bank account right with now? Any, with anyone else. <laughs> that's actually, it's a CNBC article. It says, if you haven't had these three money conversations yet, do it now. Here are, the, here are the questions. Have you asked a coworker how much they make yet? Yeah. That's one of the questions. Am I not supposed to do that or do that? I don't know. I believe that it was frowned upon for a long time to ask, you know, talk about how much you make. I still frown upon it. I've never asked anybody that. Never? I have never asked it. I have so casually offered mine in a general conversation that people bring theirs up. <laughs> You're just telling without... <laughs> people what you make? Yeah. <laughs> you come in and sit, you come in and sit down? That's a, that's a weird flex. Yeah, that's, that's a weird flex. It's a weird yeah. flex. When you, when CMO you, over there coming in. Let me in. tell you how much I make. <laughs> let me tell you about my bankroll. <laughs> also, you're signing all the checks. So Yeah, so there is. There, this is a, yeah, gener- this is a generational thing because I know. So what's after? We're barely millennials. What's after us? Gen Z. Gen Z. Gen Z. I think it's pretty common to discuss discuss pay. And there's actually some interesting HR things yeah. about what you can and can't fire people for. I don't think you can technically fire people for discussing pay, pay, even if it's a company policy. Really? Yeah. At a previous technology company that I worked at, yeah. whenever you would get a raise, they would actually bring it up and say, we don't tell people what we make here. Really? Like it was very like... Yeah, my, we do that. We get it in an envelope, and then we're not supposed to talk about it. But then I just do. Ever again. Yeah. <laughs> I like that it's in an envelope. There's yeah, no digital wait, it's in an envelope. Somebody writes it on a it's, post-it it note. It seems very shady. <laughs> does, listen, does somebody slide it across the table? Do they write it on? I've a, always, I've always wanted them to do that, but it's not. They, they have a little printout. So little I mean, printout there are sheet. there are organizations that have gone fully transparent on this. Like they, yeah. everybody knows what everybody makes, and even a lot of, like bigger com- or companies like Walmart, Tyson, because they've so clearly defined the pay bands. Yeah, you know what everybody's position number is or right, where right. they're ranked. So within, you know, $10,000, you know what people make. Yeah. I think a lot of smaller organizations that are still growing, there's less of that transparency. So I'm still not, and this may just be me being old fashioned. I'm still not comfortable talking about pay with other people. How much do you make? <laughs> so, so the next question, no. I'll give it to you in an equation. <laughs> yeah. You can figure it out. I will slide, say. Slide it across the table. I'm going to tell you. That's actually how, that's actually I the make, equation. I make 112 bitcoins <laughs> a week. <laughs> Depending on what it's trading at, I'm doing really well or I'm yeah. doing poorly, but it's 112 Bitcoin a week. Yeah. I can't access any of it. I can buy stuff on the dark web, though. Did you guys ever read that yeah. book? Did you read that book about the guy behind Silk Road? No. Oh, I got to look this up. It's a phenomenal book. Wait, wait, uh, 112 Bitcoin a week? I don't that's, know that's, that's, like, that's like, what is that, Four point four million million a week? Yeah, give or take. I round is that up. right? I need to get in some Bitcoin. I did that right. Forty thousand. Well, not well, anymore. It's like twenty nine thousand. You start accepting 000. it at your yeah in your organization. Why are you not accepting Bitcoin? No, we don't. We don't trust it. <laughs> I don't trust that. Only if, only I, can't ex- if I can't explain it on a napkin, yeah. I'm not trading with it. Only paper money over there. <laughs> only bills. Only you must pay in cash. It's a it's a yeah, it's an online company, but you we must pay in cash. We don't pay taxes. Yeah. <laughs> cash only. Do you hear that? <laughs> President Biden, that you're listening to us right now, he doesn't pay taxes. 
Okay. Just so you guys know that I wasn't making that up, the Silk Road was an online black market <laughs> and the first modern darknet, a guy named Ross Ulbricht, and there's a book about him. Okay. He, 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 he started this, like, to, you could sell anything from drugs to guns to all this sort of stuff, and he had m- hundreds of millions of dollars in Bitcoin, and the FBI found him and arrested him, and he's in prison, but... So they did find him. Yeah. But that Bitcoin so it, it, it is right traceable. Now. Somebody's got to get that Bitcoin. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think like after a while, like there were people that were oh, informing on him. There was an FBI informant in the mm-hmm. group and all sorts of stuff. I can't remember what the name of the book was. I mean, was if, listen, if I had a bunch of Bitcoin, I would definitely be buying missiles, tanks. I don't know what you can buy Bitcoin with, but... Are you saying Kim Jong-un buys lots of tanks and missiles with Bitcoin? I, I, so a, does, I got a feeling he exclusively he transacts Bitcoin. in Bitcoin. <laughs> can you only buy and sell like whole Bitcoin? Or could no, you, I think you can do partial. Okay, so you can pay like somebody like a tenth of a Bitcoin? Yeah. Are there cents below a Bitcoin? I don't know. You don't know the breakdown? I, man, I, th- I think you can have like 0.00001% of a Bitcoin or something. I don't know what that. I, I, yeah, I I'm losing interest in Bitcoin. <laughs> it, is, talk about it. Yeah. it is funny. You can't even own a whole one. I can't. That out of out of this group of people, so far we've got doesn't pay taxes, <laughs> and I would buy tanks and missiles. <laughs> yeah, we published this online. Yeah, yeah, we put it on Facebook where everything else. You know, if you're gonna say I buy tanks and missiles, you're you gonna, say it on Facebook. You're gonna need a call from somebody. Yeah. Did you see that? This is a random tangent. When John Mulaney did his SNL monologue and he made a joke about. He compared uh, Trump to a Roman emperor that was stabbed in the back. Like the Secret Service opened a file on him. Are you serious? Yeah, yeah I did see that. That was great. Now listen, this what? was a Yahoo article. I didn't do a lot of fact checking. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it it, it popped up. Checks. I read a few lines. I closed it and moved on to the next I line. just read it as a meme on Facebook. I took it as fact. <laughs> I think it's true. Go ahead. You can, publish, you can publish that part. So sorry. my thing about not talking talk about, about what you make is it does allow for there to be the discrepancy between what you pay men and women, what you pay people of minority, you know, minorities. So if we start talking about it, we no longer can hide behind the HR shield of, you know, we don't, hey, we don't talk about this. Now we know. Is that not, is that not a good thing? No, I think it is. I think the, where I run into it and why I personally don't discuss it is just from like a, a personal standpoint, if you go by the rule of like comparison is the thief of joy, then like there's a lot of bitterness that comes with I'm not being treated as well as other people. Mm-hmm. And so um, if you're really happy in your job and you find out that this person's making X percent more than you are, then it can make you change your entire outlook on your job. And so, in effect, yeah. just your overall well-being and happiness. I think that's yeah. well said. I think, to your point, I think the transparency by its nature would increase like a level of accountability. Before yeah. you give a pay raise, you would have to think through, okay, if this guy's getting this, what is this person, this person, this person with a similar job, mm-hmm. what are they making and what's fair? Next question. Tell a friend about a financial goal for the year. You, give me one. Give me an example. Places we've tried to invest over the last couple of years is in property or rental properties. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we own like a small little group of duplexes with a couple other folks. And we've got a couple extra lots um, next to it. And yeah. one of the goals this year is to start building there. So get a couple more rental properties under the belt. What's like the best financial goal that you've set so far? If this were advice for somebody, what was like the best financial goal? They said, I'm going to set this goal and this is going to kind of propel me forward. So I can tell you one that it's, and this isn't like, it's not profound. It's not like an incredible achievement either, but it's one that's been really helpful for us, particularly during dis- different seasons of life when we had two incomes and we had one income in grad school mm-hmm. and all that sort of stuff. 
couple of our guiding principles have always been we're going to give at X level. Mm-hmm. Like regardless of how much money we're making, we're giving X. Mm-hmm. Whether that's the church or nonprofits or wherever we decide to do it, we're always going to give X regardless. X percentage. And then the second one is we never carry we, – we never want to carry a credit card balance. Yeah. And so even when we were in grad school, that was just always something we – and there were months where we'd have to pull a little out of savings to cover it, mm-hmm. um, but we never carried a credit card balance. And so yeah, those are two one. just simple ones that have kept us on the straight and narrow. And then – I dabble in Bitcoin. <laughs> one of mine is... No uh, one dabbles in Bitcoin. You either are an expert on global currency it's, it's and, like, it's and, like and global macroeconomics, or you are you don't, you don't know anything. You're becoming poor. One of ours is to make enough money to where I can uh, wear sweatpants everywhere I Every, go. Dude, uh, it's CFO. Way to go. <laughs> no, uh, so one of mine was um, graduating uh, when I graduated from college. It was to pay off student debt. Yeah. Um, in in five years. So. What about what about Bernie's uh, kind of charge to pay off all students? Bernie and Elizabeth Warren. Ran Look, with I've this. already paid for college once. I'm gonna you don't, do it again with my children. I don't want to pay for all your kids to go to school too. I'm really banking on y'all. I knew that for, was going to be the answer that he was going to yeah, give. Yeah, <laughs> that was coming. How do you feel? Like so, Biden's going to go ahead. I think this is going to happen. We're going to get a ten thousand dollars student loan forgiveness. It looks like that's going to that's going to pass pretty easily. What do you think about that? Good idea, bad idea. We're going to print the money to do it. Is it retroactive? Yeah, so I'm going to have, yeah. <clears throat> like from a very practical standpoint, like mm-hmm. somebody has to pay for it. Right. Like there's not, I don't know what $10,000 of everybody's student loan adds up to. They're going to pay for it in but, Bitcoin. And then that way, by the time they actually se- come it's to only, It's only seven Bitcoin. Yeah. Um, so I'm not sure what the, you can have, like somebody has to pay for it. And so the other side of it is, I remember making the student loan payments. I remember what a hassle it was. I remember how hard it was some months, particularly when we were a young family starting out. If there's a way we can do it and we can ease that burden on people, I'm all for it. I just yeah. don't I, I, I don't yet understand the math behind it. It doesn't seem like there's any interest in figuring out how to pay for most of the things now. And the question becomes, is that ever gonna yeah. like is that ever gonna come due? And we've talked um, about it. we've talked about the will it ever come due and maybe there's a reset at some point. Mm-hmm. You know? A jubilee year, if you will. <laughs> <laughs> we're banking every, on, every we're country banking on the jubilee is spending year. all this money. Every right, government's yeah. having to, so it's like everybody's losing tons and tons and tons of money. So if everybody loses, does it just yeah. even out? Is it just a reset after COVID? I don't know. I, and I know, I know the point you made. You were you were making in jest. Yeah. But like I don't. The fact that I paid off my student loans, like I don't harbor any w- ill will if somebody doesn't have to pay theirs. And you my don't? guess is no. And my guess is let's say somebody's making a thousand dollar payment on their student loans, and all of a sudden they don't have to make that, even if it's just for a season. Right. I imagine they're going to put it back in the economy somewhere. I know some people are just going to save it, but. Maybe they're going to buy a house. And, and we'll here's my issue with that. that is if you, if you have a $1,000 student loan payment, and I, and I haven't done I haven't worked out the math in my head, but I got to imagine that's somewhere in the neighborhood of $100,000 in student loans and student debt. They're going to forgive 10000 So now it's no longer a $1,000 student loan payment. Maybe it's a $900 student loan payment. So I really didn't affect the economy that much because now that family only has $100 of additional money to put back into the economy. So the econ- it's not an economic stimulus. This is essentially just... We want to relieve some of the burden of student debt. We just want to get some of that money off the books. I kind of go to the place of if they wanted to say a rebate, right? Because we've done this in the past. We, as a federal government, failed in certain areas. We allowed student uh, the price of college to increase at an astronomical rate, unsustainable. We recognize that now. We're going to do better on that. And if you graduated in the last 10 years or went to college, paid for any college over the last 10 years, we're going to kind of prorate that and give you a rebate check. And if you want to put that towards student loans, great. We failed you, the constituent. I would get that. The student loan forgiveness thing, I'm not 
I don't get as much. It doesn't go back into the economy. Like if, if they sent people who don't have student loans money, now that goes back into the economy. And if you graduated in the last 10 years, most likely you're not at an income level where you're going to go put that in Bitcoin. You're going to go, like you need groceries and you need you know, to pay for your car payments. A lot of people are behind on rent. So I think that money would go back into the economy. So this last one is ask your parents about their estate plan. How, have you guys asked your parents about their estate plan? Ask your My parents. dad gave me an envelope. It was a big <laughs> envelope. <laughs> with, a, with an equation in it? It had like, it had a couple of phone numbers and this is because like he's old. Like there's a couple like business <laughs> cards stapled to it and there's a bunch of stuff in it. He's like, hey, if something happens, this is everything you need. That's actually not bad. That's probably more than most people get. Yes, that's as probably as far as we've gotten. I have not gone into any like specific detail with them about it. Yeah, I've had that conversation with, them, with my you? folks too. So yeah, um, it was it beneficial. Do you feel better about that? Because what they're saying here in the article is it's critical to have these conversations with your parents because when people get to the end of life, they tend to not have those conversations. So do it whenever your parents can do it. They don't have the conversations, and then they're just left in a mess. Hey, I'm going to wrap this up. I really appreciate you guys joining me. Thank you so much for taking time out of your day. I also want to let you know, if you are not in the Mr. Market Podcast group, please join the group. That's where we will release these podcasts and make sure that shows up in your Facebook feed. You can also access it on our website, spherewealth.com. Really appreciate you listening and really hope you have a great day. We'll see you next week. Thanks for listening.